Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, live at State Farm Center, where Illinois looked like, hey, maybe they get a break. 15 and a half point favorite against Indiana, who's without their star center, potential first round draft pick, aware. Maybe Illinois can have a nice bounce back performance. A little more uncomfortable than that as Illinois finds a way to escape with a 70 to 62 win over Indiana. Yeah, it was a pretty loss against Northwestern, but it's a loss. It's an ugly win against Indiana, but it's a win. Derek, but uh, that was not all that encouraging, and it was just not a great brand of basketball. But Illinois finds a way to score the final eight points of this game and avoid a quad three loss. So it uh, feels a lot better to feel bad about a win than to uh, suffer another loss that probably takes you completely out of the Big Ten race, to be honest with you. It's better to win when you suck than lose when you suck. I think that's that's not really all that profound, but it's the truth, and it's one that you avoid a disaster because that would have been another quad three on your home court. Yes, it would have taken you out of the Big Ten race, uh, barring some kind of just fall from both Wisconsin and Purdue. Uh, a lot of things to break down within this. I think that Indiana just had more energy and toughness for a lot of the day. Uh, Illinois did not execute very well offensively. Indiana, with their size, did have something to do with that, but it just felt like the ball stuck and stagnated. And uh, Terrence Shannon still is not anywhere close to the version that we saw pre-suspension so all that baked into it and uh and a game in which indiana didn't hit one three it went all the way until the final minute and you couldn't then then you could finally pull away from them so uh malik renew was hard for coleman hawkins to handle and uh illinois kind of puzzling it was puzzling that they didn't double as much i know they were trying to dig down with the guards they didn't force the ball out of his hands really decisively until down the stretch. So uh, one that you're fortunate to survive, not a super encouraging performance, but they did win and can uh, can move on from it. So uh, I know they're stacking up games here. Was there a little fatigue? Was it just one of those, you know, during a stretch? It sounds like you're making excuses. They played three games in a stretch where Indiana played one, but still you got to, you got to look better than that, especially when Cleo Ware is not out there. Yep, I want to get to Terrence Shane. I want to get to their defensive approach here, Derek, which remains a concern. This is not a very good Indiana team, especially without Khalil Ware. So uh, I think they're fortunate to escape today with a victory as Indiana shot 0 for 9 from 3, including some really good looks, and 12 for 22 from the free throw line. Uh, Illinois did not shoot all that great from the free throw line, but they were far better than Indiana, 17 to 26. So I think you are really fortunate to, to get out of here uh, with a victory today because they didn't play well. Um, but But first of all, Three out of the last four games, Derek, this team has been soft at the rim. Like I, I just don't think they've been physical at the rim. Maryland deserves some credit. 
Northwestern deserves some credit. Indiana's got some big guys. They deserve some credit. But Maryland, they were, what, 9 for 23 at the rim. Northwestern, 6 for 38 uh, at the rim. Today, 10 for 21 at the rim. I, I just didn't think they had that edge. The, the physicality the that they have brought in these games. I mean, Quincy Garrier was – Two points, four rebounds tonight. Terrence Shannon really didn't get, uh, you know, to the rim or rebounds until very late in the game. So kudos to him for making some clutch plays late. But just the toughness around the rim has has not been there. And it's the one thing I've liked about Ty Rogers. I, I think he's brought some of that physicality, aggression, uh, and that's why it's kind of been weird to me that Brad Underwood has sat him in the second half of these games. I know Luke Goody's playing well. I know you're not going to take Marcus Mask off the court, but I would have taken Terrence Shannon off the court at some points in the second half. So Rodgers is the one guy I've seen consistently give that. I think Goody tries to, but that's kind of a concern. Three out of four games where you're struggling to finish at the rim is kind of a trend to me. No doubt, for sure. Yeah, I think that Coleman got a little too finesse uh, with some try attempts and finishes around the basket, wanted a foul or two. It's been a problem for Garrier lately. Yeah, Garrier as well. Um, Ty did have right out of halftime a lob play they drew up. He just didn't finish it at the basket. And, and Ty has left a couple of points out there during this recent stretch of, of baskets at the – or points at the rim, I should say. Uh, but was able to make a, a hook shot around the basket and, and a nice baseline drive and finish. And he did rebound. So uh, I certainly understand as you look at I mean, Terrence didn't help you at either end of the floor. He got beat defensively, has really lacked execution there and, and being able to stop drives. So I, I fully am on board with maybe Terrence should have played less. I guess as we kind of talked about before hopping on here, maybe Brad was just trying to ride it and see if the light bulb finally came on. To his credit, he did make some late free throws, which Xavier Johnson didn't, uh, which really separated these two sides uh, at the very, very end. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, for an older – what should be and has been a, a more physical team uh, for the majority of the season, you should be able to finish at a higher rate there. And I, I just feel like Terrence obviously is your number one finish at the rim guy. And he's either being too hesitant or just pulling his way into traffic where that's, that's not been very efficient. He's kind of been off, off balance, losing the ball. I thought he got a fortunate foul call when he like puts the shoulder all the way down on Xavier Johnson. And then Xavier got one, it was maybe just equally as questionable at the other end on Terrence, but um, he, he's with him not finishing at the rim and getting there at a high rate. That's kind of taken away from Illinois' presence at the basket. But I do think it's just one of those you got to be got to be more dialed in and, and more you know gather yourself, finish through contact, and, and try maybe limit some of these fancy finishes uh, that, that some of the guys have tried. You know, Coleman kind of. Gabe Cups was coming over to contest. The, the point guard for Indiana is 6'1", 6'2", and Coleman kind of does like one of these. Yeah. Just w- go up and finish the ball. Yeah, and I've seen Quincy do that a lot here lately. It's like you're 6'8", 230, 240 maybe, and you know, you're know you kind of trying to nimble your way to the rim. Um, you're so big. You're so physical. That's what I like about Marcus Damask. It's physical on some of those drives. doesn't finish every one because he's not the most athletic and – you know, get contested, but I just feel like him and Ty at least are really physical in, in some of their drives. Uh, big story. I, these are the two questions I asked basically the players and a, and a Brad Underwood, Derek, is Terrence Shannon obviously is not Terrence Shannon pre-suspension. Uh, he is not playing the same caliber. He's gotten double digits every game. He's averaging about 14 points uh, in these games, but he is 
9 of 28 from the field, 1 for 14 from 3. Finally got on the glass, especially late in this game. I thought he had a huge clutch rebound and scored, what, six of his points in the final minute, making those free throws. So kudos to him. And I do think Brad was looking for that spark. Like, what can we get to get this guy going? Uh, but you can tell he's just a little more hesitant. Maybe he's getting his legs under him on these three-point shots that are a lot short, Derek. But it's it's clear it's it's, it's a process to get him back. And I, I give I thought Luke gave an interesting answer. He had the same thing last year coming back from injury. It's hard to get back in the flow after missing that much more time. But it's it's hurting his team, right? Like I, Terrence was not good for most of this game and hurt his team, especially on the defensive end, I thought. But it's hurting their team. But they I understand Brad's trying to ride this out because to get to their ceiling – they need Terrence back, and the only way to get him back is to keep him play, playing him. Right, yeah, keep playing him. Got to get more practice time, which they haven't had a ton of here recently, but that shows just the value of that when he's been out for three-plus weeks, and not only is he not playing games, he's not practicing. So uh, he can shoot all the the in, in the gym with the manager's jump shots he wants during that, but it's, it's a lot different than getting out on the court and making plays, and – he does look like he's in his, in his head a little bit. Um, Which is understandable, by the way, right? Yeah. Like what, what he's dealing with, it's 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 understandable why it hasn't been clean. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the shots haven't been particularly close. I do think he settled from three uh, a few too many times. Uh, there have been matchups where he had Xavier Johnson on him. I was like, you, you realize you're, you're that much bigger. You're probably four or five inches taller than him and an ability to just kind of drive them. I know that Xavier can move, but still, uh, those were pick-on-you spots. The pre-suspension Terrence was just feasting up. So uh, I think that part of the schematics here recently, Northwestern did this, Indiana does it pretty much by design, but kind of packing the lane and making Illinois with their booty ball, facing some some more size, which Indiana actually has – uh, and then make some kick it out and make some threes. Illinois settled too too much from the outside early, but there's certainly him forcing some things, but also sometimes where maybe he's not going to the basket and, and trying to initiate a whole lot. I know we, we we mentioned to each other during the game like they were not running a lot through Terrence. Uh, they're not playing a lot of pick and roll, ball screen, pick and pop stuff with Coleman. They're they're really trying to still play through their booty ball and. I think today they just didn't get a lot of those matchups. And I'm not saying that Terrence is playing at a level where you want higher usage for him, but I feel like that's something that they can can go to because the ball just seemed to stagnate. Their their offense had no flow, and they weren't getting a lot of those, those matchups. And uh, I do give Indiana credit with their size, but, um, yeah, I mean, Terrence had a – had a tough day and he's getting blown past on the, yeah. on the perimeter. Leal back cuts him on a, on a late play and, He's just—he's been a negative for you, or at least was today. And Northwestern, I'd say the same thing there too. Yeah, offense hasn't been the huge issue for this team, but it was stagnant today. And listen, like Marcus Damas, sixteen points, ten rebounds, four assists. Probably that should have more, should have more assists if his teammates make shots. Wasn't the most efficient performance from him, but like he's still a hub offensively. Um, Coleman really struggled offensively today, but. Uh, what are you at? Do you have any concerns, Derek, uh, about this offensive performance? Is this a one-off for them, uh, or is this something that the teams can continue to to duplicate? Because obviously, in the second half against Northwestern, offense was was not an issue whatsoever. Uh, I think it'll depend on the opponent. I think when you've got positional size, it's easier to 
to defend the booty ball offense where you don't have to, depending on who you get switched on to or who Marcus Damask is, is being guarded by, maybe you don't have to send double teams. Although I give Indiana credit when they had Xavier Johnson on him on a mid post, they'd send Khalil Ware over there and, and then make kind of make him back it out and then pass it. So there were times where it just it didn't lead to an advantage. He backed it out. They tried to swing it around the perimeter, and they just didn't get a whole lot out of it. I thought Coleman was forced to try to play make off the dribble a lot more than we're used to seeing, and that didn't really end very well. Um, didn't initiate a lot of offense. So uh, I just think trying to blend Terrence's strengths, which is like they played him in a lot of. I know Brad has said when he came back, you know, we didn't run a lot for him anyway. I, I feel like they put him in a lot of ball screens uh, pre-suspension. So uh, getting him back to that while also playing booty ball and just finding that mix and find the the cohesion of moving the ball and, and everything like that. Um, but they need they need more guys to be able to to attack gaps, create create breakdowns, and then be able to to react out of that. So I think that you know a game after they score ninety one against Northwestern and. A lot of that they did not shoot well in that game. A lot of that was offensive rebound driven. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not like panicking about their offense. I'm more concerned about their defense. Yeah. But I do think that there is something to be said of just trying to get Terrence back in the mode and then just kind of f- find who you are offensive identity wise. Yeah. The two guys like I, I was actually really encouraged about today was Ty Rogers offensively uh, the way he attacked and Lou Goody because he took open shots. One thing that's bothering me is Quincy and Coleman are passing up too many open shots. Like those guys are good enough. Shoot the ball. Um, listen, I, I get it. You make a couple, you get them off the bounce. You can finish at the rim potentially. Uh, but Indiana really wasn't falling for those that much. So I just like to see, you know, Quincy didn't shoot a three today. Um, Coleman was one for three from three. You make another one or two of those. Um, if he takes a couple more attempts, four more attempts, and makes two more of them, like this game might have felt a, a lot bit different. So I just think those guys need to be confident shooters. They're just passing up shots right now. Right. No, we saw Marcus Damas pass up some threes in the last game against Northwestern. So there has been a hesitancy. Not that, you know, if, if you would have added on there in the first half or if it felt like they were already taking too many threes, but if you're open, you got to take them. Quincy's shot it well enough this year to, to put up those shots. Coleman shot it well enough this year to put up those shots. Uh, those are things that when you pump fake and then you start playing off the bounce, I mean, that's that's not where you want Coleman playing. That's not what you want Quincy doing. And I right. felt like sometimes they just get bailed out by some some foul calls. I'm not saying they're not fouls. I'm just saying if you're the defense and you notice that those guys aren't taking those first initial looks and then they're trying to do something off the bounce, that's not where they're really that effective. So uh, – they need to get in a, in a rhythm of taking those in rhythm, just pure shots that you know are more likely of going in versus anything that, that you try to create off of. So that's been part of the issue too. But I just feel like there's there's lack of flow offensively. Some of it is is by design with the booty ball and whatnot. But I feel like maybe Brad's got to lock back in into into how do we when that maybe isn't we're not getting the matchups that we want. How do we create more uh, flow, motion, breakdowns, Terrence and ball screen? That, that's got to be explored and just kind of be able to figure that thing out. All right, Derek, I'm going to ask you which is more concerning for you here on the defensive end because you said that is your bigger concern right now. Uh, three of the last four games, or let's go back even farther. Um, in the last five games, you've had Julian Reese go for 20 points on eight for 16 from the field. Taurus Reed. Uh, had 20 points on 8-for-10 shooting. Cliff Omori had 
22 points on 19 shots. And then you had today, um, obviously, you know, Indiana's renew Malik renew goes for 21 points on, on 12 field goal attempts, or is it the guard play? Uh, you, you know, Jameer young and boo boo are first team, all big 10 guys. Uh, they, they cooked you. Uh, and then you have Xavier Johnson, though, was a bit concerning because he's had a terrible year, and he goes for 14 points. Fortunately for Illinois, he went two for seven from the free throw line and really hurt Indiana. Uh, and his three-point shot's one of the uglier shots I've seen, but he cooked you off the bounce. So which, which is more concerning, the way they're defending these league guards or these big men who have been really efficient? Obviously, these are good teams, good players. Somebody's going to score against you. But what is more concerning? Which trend? That's a good question. Um, I think that you could go either way here. I'd probably say, I'd probably say the bigs because I think it's more of a by design. Can, this is like what they're giving up. It's what they're giving up. It's really not within Coleman's physical capabilities to stop those guys. And even Luke Goody told us today, you know, it's those points that we're giving up inside is maybe more of our fault as help defenders not getting down there. And I thought they should have doubled more. I thought. And maybe they should have just been more aggressive and digging down. Again, when you face a team that doesn't make a three, why don't you maybe bait them into trying to show you they can make one? So uh, I know Brad has said he he likes to play the math game and say, all right, if if one guy, uh, a center, gets a bunch of twos and we don't give up any threes, then we're usually going to win that math problem. And I, I get that, but there, there was no question that Renew has been by far and away the best player in their team. Take wear out of there, and they just – they haven't had a whole lot else, uh, especially on the perimeter. So I thought that, you know, on a night where you're struggling offensively, that letting Renew do what he did could have very well hurt you. Uh, I I think it could could be a problem. Um, to make it – to balance it out, Coleman's got to make threes. Coleman's got to then at the other end, especially for a, a big man that's not going to get out and defend outside of the paint. That's really kind of how you make the, the differing strengths balance each other out. Guard play is concerning recently. Uh, I, I think that they need to do better in ball screen coverage and maybe even vary up. I know we t- had this conversation after Northwestern, vary up their looks. Uh, this was maybe tougher. I felt like Nick- Nicholson wasn't going to roll to the rim as fast as Renew could maybe slip that and get downhill. Uh, but I think there's been times where Coleman looks like a big that, not to pick on Coleman, I think he's a great defender, looks like a guy that hasn't been in a lot of ball screen defense. You know, he's used to playing stretch four, he hasn't been. Uh, in a lot of five uh, situations, but also, you know, Justin Harmon, Ty Rogers, Terrence Shannon got to take a lot of onus on themselves uh, to be able to get stops and cut off driving lanes. So uh, it's, it's a number of different things that have to go right and be fixed, but I I'll go big men just because I think the the guard play is a little bit more fixable because I, I do still think that Ty and Terrence with that their athleticism can, can do some things there. I think Justin Harmon's plus 20 feels like one of the, flukier stats of today uh he was in there the first half when they made a run but i didn't think i don't think his defense has been particularly strong lately makes a clutch runner late in the game for a second straight game so kudos to him two for nine from the field and was able to do that but you need rogers and shannon to be better defenders those are your guys without sincere harris those gotta be your stoppers and shannon just isn't the same defender and we talked about it after the northwestern game like Rodgers is struggling a little bit more there uh, than I expected, following a little bit with some of these quicker guys. But um, Rodgers still learning, still growing. He's got to get better. But they need Shannon back defensively. Like You can start getting some stops, and then you can get Shannon running and get some of those easy buckets and maybe get him some confidence. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think also that plays into kind of the guard situation or just 
whether it's it's wings or off guards that can do it or teams that get you in switches. If you if you include that into the guard conversation, like the, the ability to get Luke Goody on a guard, the ability to get Marcus Damask on a guard, that's the bigger issue than a, a five probably bouncing, depending on the matchup and in the tournament or something. Uh, but I, I think that would be more problematic uh, as far as that goes. But, yeah, I mean, I think Brad said it uh, yesterday talking about the path forward for Terrence to really have things click back in that maybe it is going to be the defensive end, which seems a little bit more controllable with effort and, and just physical engagement versus, you know, the touch on shots, the rhythm on shots, maybe it'd be something that has to take a little bit longer. But uh, I think that they kind of go hand in hand. If Illinois can get stops, I can get Terrence in transition more and that will maybe allow him to break through here a little bit. Ty does get screened. I think a little bit too much. Uh, Justin's kind of like you, we talked about after Northwestern, maybe just a, an average defender uh, for the most part. So th- this all bakes into it. I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to get torched by every guard they see. You're going to see right. Bruce Thornton coming up for Ohio State. Good guard. I don't know that he's going to go off on you, but uh, this is something that they they got to address. And Brad talked about it tonight. You know, they got to get more of a bite defensively. Uh, and I, I do agree with that because they're adding to the the sample size since January and on January 1st and on, they've kind of been a pretty average defense. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Totally agree. All right, before we get out of here, we'll look at Ohio State, but uh, I do want to get to some of your questions here on the live YouTube channel. You can send those in. Super Chats, love those as always. Ross says, teams have caught on to booty ball isolation. We're not running any offense, no rhythm again. They do seem to be forcing the ball out of Marcus Damas' hands. My team seemed to be, whether it's stunting at him, Derek, and we finally saw that against Renew maybe late in the game. But, yeah, Illinois is not doing that as much as opponents are doing to Marcus Damask right now, forcing the ball out of his hands, which is probably a good thing for opponents the way these other guys are playing. For sure. Yeah, no, offense does slow down at times when Marcus is trying to back down on a guy, especially when he doesn't maybe have the the advantage he wants or if they send a double, like I mentioned, he kind of had to dribble out of them. Indiana is a bigger team, right? Yeah, and they that's what they have. They have – more positional size, uh, especially three through five. And part of that goes hand in hand with their offensive struggles because they play a big lineup than one that doesn't really shoot. Um, but yeah, defensively, that, that's what they they can bring to the table to you. Uh, and that's kind of where I, I, I saw another commenter mention, like with Ty and Quincy not playing a whole lot, those are and have been Illinois' best cutters. So those guys, that, that, that can be where you – can still get movement and flow 
offensively where it, it is an isolation. Like booty ball is an isolation offense, but that doesn't mean that things need to stagnate around that ISO. If you have a guy cut down the lane, find a seam and play out of that, that's where you can kind of get the, the ball pinging around a little bit more than it did tonight. And shoot open threes. Like and you got to be willing threes, to shoot yeah. open threes off of that too. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's where I thought Quincy was was really important, and he, he just didn't have it tonight. Uh, it, was, it was an off night for him. Um, they need to bring TJ off the bench, Fett says. He's really struggling right now. I think Brad is all about trying to get his confidence, right? And uh, we've had a couple people mention this. Kev said it's clear. Adding TJ back is upset chemistry. Good news is we have till March for this to get figured out. That's what it's about. Like Brad Underwood right now, I think, is really just trying to get Terrence Shannon back to being Terrence Shannon. I think that is goal number one for this team on top of winning games, Derek. But I think he's willing to sacrifice, you know, maybe not playing his best lineup because he knows Shannon it has to be there. Like they have to get him up to speed. I agree with that. I, I, he struggled today. He didn't help you, as I mentioned, outside of making the shots at the free throw line down the stretch and a couple of rebounds. I, I don't think you – in hindsight, of course, it's all speculative. I don't think you beat Northwestern, even if he like didn't play. Let's say he's still suspended and he and you go on yes. the road. I, I would say you probably don't win that game. I don't think he hurt you that much to, or that there was a that much of a better option to come into that game. But Agreed. there is no doubt that – the way that he – they're trying to let him do his thing. Um, not that it's all, like, clear out for Terrence, let him take a shot, but you could tell he's he's thinking a lot. Like, there was even a play where he gets the ball, I think it's on the second chance, out near the, the three-point line, and then he's waiting for Marcus to get back into position to catch the ball, and he kind of just extends the ball out there. Anthony Walker just picks his pocket, goes down the, down, down the court for a – a finish that he gets fouled on and it's just like that's a very uncharacteristic out of sync play for Terrence so uh, and then defensively like he's getting beat he's getting beat right now and I thought Coleman turned into coach Coleman when I asked him the question about Terrence and he goes focus on defense and rebounding because that's simple right you focus on defensive rebounding and Coleman goes you can get out in transition and score some of your buckets and gain that confidence it's almost like a freshman Derek like Keep it simple. Focus on the defense and rebounding, and man, the offense will come. Like I, I, I don't think, you know, tonight there were some times I thought he forced action, right? And I do yeah. think there was some against Northwestern where it's like I got to be Terrence Shannon. I don't know, man. Um, just, just go defend your butt off, gain some energy that way, gain some confidence that way, uh, and maybe things will get better. It's, it's easier said than done, though. Uh, when obviously the spotlight and the limelight is on you for many reasons. Right, and it does help that you know you're playing an Indiana team that's shorthanded and not very good, and you can survive some of this right. bumpy road here until until it does come back. And, and you're able to play a Rutgers team, you know, in the last game here in your home building. You're going to play Ohio State, who's not playing all that well here coming up next week. So uh, you did drop the game to Northwestern, and that's the defense was a problem there. Terrence certainly involved in that, but you know the the bigger the bigger deal, of course, is getting him right for the, the stretch run. You don't want to take any bad losses in the meantime. This is one that could have knocked you down a seed line or so in, in March Madness. So, um, And I think people still in the back of their minds would love to to see a unpredictable loss for Purdue or Wisconsin to make this actual race again in the Big Ten, which it could be, but it is about getting him right. And I, I do still trust that he'll get there because he's too talented. Yeah, But there is – Obviously, a lot probably weighing on his mind, and, and there's it's more than just 
a basketball player trying to find it. Um, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll see uh, Toby, does DGL, Dre Gibbs Wallhorn, get more time moving forward? Kudos to the Indiana kids for coming up clutch today. We haven't talked yeah. enough about Luke Goody with a couple of those big shots. That rip drive didn't finish the end one, but got it. Uh, and then just uh, three of eight from three. Um, <laughs> outshot Indiana from three by himself. Um, so kudos to Dre Gibbs Wallhorn. Big three to end a six minute scoring drought. It was 557, but close to six minutes. Um, he did have a turnover. He did force a shot against Malik Renew in a one-on-one. I was like, eh. So, yes, it was good to see. It was good to see that three, but there were some other things that weren't so great. Um, I think it's. I think he's a breaking case emergency player right now. There. Right, yeah. He, he does end a 13-0 run for IU. And if you would have said, all right, who are you going to to try to get this run to, to end? Brad was searching today, searching for answers. Like Dane, Nico. Dane, yeah. Nico. Uh, yeah, Harmon obviously is going to play his minutes, but uh, then you get DGL out there. and Quincy Gary goes to the bench for like almost the entire second half. Like, yeah, he was he was trying to find some guys to spark. Yep. And, yeah, that first runner that he tried over Renew was a tough shot and one that you probably don't want him, want him taking, uh, especially as a guy that hasn't had a whole lot of game reps, and that's just a difficult shot in general. And he does just force the action a little bit. But kudos to him for having just unbridled confidence. You got to have some cojones to step <laughs> up and make that shot, man. Things aren't going well for your team. And admittedly, like, of course, this this staff sees the team more than anybody in practice and whatnot. But I'd probably rather see DGL than Moretti based on the, yes. the recent sample sizes – I think DGL can guard somebody. I yeah. just don't think Moretti can guard anybody. Yeah. That's important. Xavier Johnson was actually hurting you in the first half. It's like, what is going on here? Yeah. So uh, I'd rather see DGL from that standpoint alone. Let, not that Moretti might not have some nice moments offensively at some point, but I just haven't seen it yet enough to to really trust that one. Brian says, how much of the sleepiness today is the schedule this week? Is there any relief in sight? Yeah, they've had these two days off game, two days off game. Uh, they do have a stretch here coming up, Derek, when uh, they play – where is that? They have Indiana Tuesday, February 6th, and nothing until Maryland February 10th. But um, they do have a little bit of time in between games here. Oh, no, I'm looking at Indiana's schedule. Sorry. You, you got Ohio State on Tuesday. Then you play Sunday at home against Nebraska. And you got six days off. off. Yeah. Essentially, right. then you, you play on the road at Michigan State. Yeah. So you get uh, you get a break here coming up. But it's a Big Ten play, man. Like, everybody's doing this. So yep. I'm, I'm not going to – this is this is the marathon that you have to, to go through. Um, Philip. It's a long season. Wisconsin and Purdue will lose a few games. Not out of the race, just very little margin for error. Agreed with that. Besides, if Wisconsin loses one more game, Illinois holds their own fate. Uh, yeah, it's a little too early for that. Wisconsin's got an easy schedule for the most part in this conference. I think it's going to come down to Purdue and Illinois both probably going to need to beat them uh, in, in the final week of the season. I think Purdue's going to be very hard to keep up with for Illinois uh, if they keep playing up and down a little bit like this. But, yeah, Wisconsin and Purdue are really good. And, and they're pretty consistent. Illinois needs to continue to find that consistency, and that's why I think Terrence Shannon is so key to that. Because you get normal Terrence Shannon back, I think this team can make a real race in the Big Ten. For sure. It's just until that happens, there is going to be the, the up-and-down nature, just the potential to lose a game that on paper maybe you shouldn't. And you could even circle you know, that Ohio State game is not a gimme by any means on Tuesday on the road. 
And then obviously you would really like him to get right by the time that you go to East Lansing. I'm not going to overlook Nebraska on your home floor, even though the Huskers much tougher in Lincoln. And you're actually glad that you're not going to Pinnacle Bank Arena this year. Uh, but yeah, for sure. Um, Wisconsin just has been really steady, man. I know they've, they've won a couple of close games, including at the barn, but I mean, they, they owned Michigan state last night and store was awesome. Uh, when they played this Indiana team without where they were by 23 in the second half. So that yeah. they've just been more steady than Illinois, uh, especially of late Purdue. I trust them. I trust them a lot, even though they've lost a couple and, uh, we'll see still Purdue and Wisconsin got to play each other twice. Uh, I think the, the first version is coming up at the Kohl Center uh, here early in February. So uh, Illinois is capable of, of still hanging in this thing. And maybe you know, one of them is going to lose for that first battle between the two top two teams. And uh, then that's not to say another team couldn't lose one here that maybe they're not even expected to lose. But uh, Illinois will have to look a lot better here to, to get that steadiness. Otherwise, this is a, a team that played today. The team that played against Northwestern is, is one that could take a couple more losses here in the next few weeks. I got two more and then we're out of here, Piper. Uh, Jeffrey, you guys got to pound on Brad to add more to this offense. That's not our job. Uh, we asked about the offense today, but defense has been the bigger concern. I, I, I think you know offense has still been, what, top 10 in the country uh, over the last month or so. Defense is in the hundreds. Like That, that continues to be the bigger concern. I think you got lucky playing an Indiana team that can't make free throws and can't make threes today. That's still my bigger concern. Right. No, and there's still a decent amount that you can address and work on. Defense is my bigger concern for sure. When you allow Northwestern to have the night they had, all the issues with Garden, the ball screens and what they were doing with Bowie and the fact that Jameer Young had the night that he had when he came here to town. That's Those are things to address with Terrence's struggles and whatnot. And then how to figure out how to guard some bigs. But uh, offensively, I think end of the half stuff is something they can work on. Um, the mask, you know, dribbling off his leg or whatever happened, that was a big one. And then he's had a lot of his turnovers are always costly. Like if it always feels like they turn into points, I should probably yeah. go over the last month. Like how many turnovers have led directly to points? Because it feels like a lot of his do. Like um, he's a great player. He's, he's a great player for their offense, especially. But his turnovers have been costly lately. Yeah. So we've got to clean some of that stuff up. And just you can tinker with, with some different counters out counteractions out of booty ball or, or just some when that stagnates, maybe you play a big team, an athletic team that you're not going to get a lot of those those matchups maybe that you want. How do you get how do you get a flow? How do you, what do you go to? I, I think the answer really is as Terrence get, gets back to being Terrence, it's just putting him in that pick and pop stuff with Coleman and yeah. uh, being able to to add that to you to who you are, but um, it is important as as teams because you're you, there's so much of a sample size now. Teams can scout the hell out of you. Big Ten does it as well as anybody that you have some different stuff to throw at people. That's why I respect the fact that Brad played a couple possessions to two three zone. Hey, uh, that was something that was a little different at the end of the first half. But uh, yeah. just just have some things that teams might not expect. And yeah, I mean Terrence getting back and running that ball screen stuff is is going to be kind of your you're yin and yang offensively with the booty ball. All right, 33. Any concern about Dane's future at Illinois for Merez coming in next year? Uh, Coleman's success this year. I know we're thinking about the now, but it's a thought. 
Dane Danger's averaging five minutes a game during Big Ten play. He's got one more year of eligibility. I'm sure he's going to want more than that. So, sure, I don't know if Dane's going to be here. Like, I don't have any reporting or anything like this, but you can see the minutes, you can see the usage, and you can see what's coming in, Derek. Like, we think Amani Hansberry is a big part of their future. I could, if Amani were healthy, for most of the last month. I wonder if he would have stolen some of Dane's minutes just because he rebounds, he plays hard, all those things that I think the staff loves. And then, yeah, you have a guy who is arguably one of the biggest McDonald's All-American snubs coming in next year. So I don't know what his role is going to be and what he wants to do. If he's a graduate transfer, he can transfer for a second time. Uh, It doesn't sound like that's going to be like forbidden anymore as a second transfer. So um, yeah, I don't know what the, the future holds for Dane. His, his role is obviously way smaller than we thought, but a lot of that has to do with Coleman Hawkins and Quincy Garrier playing really well for you most of the year. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame him if he was looking no. elsewhere uh, at the end of this. I think that as of right now, I would say it would surprise me very, very, very little if he was in the portal after this year. But uh, that's, that's, of course, speculation. But – yeah, Morez coming in. I don't think Coleman's coming back. I know some are going to say, hey, he's got the COVID year. Coleman is going to have to play well enough to solidify that draft position. I just feel like he he will be ready to move on and, and probably has played well enough to this point. And if he keeps it up down the stretch to to get get that jump to the next level. Uh, and, yeah, Amani's going to be someone that, especially after a year of development, they're going to want in the mix because they, they're high on his long-term potential. Yeah. So, Dane right now isn't just – She's not a great fit on this team, just based on how they want to play and what they want to do. And I know that he's had some moments during his time at Illinois. It's just he's still, he's also a guy that's got to make the most of when he does get in. Like I think he's the kind of player that's hard to. I think that guy needs 20 minutes to I get know. a flow, to get into. But, like, Amani's a guy you don't have to worry about that with. Like, if, if, that's why I think if Amani's healthy, it's just like, okay, you got five minutes just just play hard and go after the glass. Like I can count on Amani to do that. Dane needs time to kind of bake and cook, I think, offensively, because that's what he brings. He brings offense, sometimes rebounding, but his defense when he comes in or his offense, like it's really spotty. He's not he's not a great two to five minute a game player. I think he could be a good big ten player if you got fifteen to twenty minutes, but you can't sit Coleman Hawkins that long. For sure. Yeah. I mean if he's a guy that just Goes in and impacts the glass that much. Finishes inside. He mi- he missed short on his his left hand hook. And I look. I mean, it's a night where Illinois shot thirty seven percent from the field. So it's not like he was the only one who put up a shot attempt that didn't go in and, and that it wasn't pretty offense or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he defensively. Although I will say, like we we rag on Dane a lot for his ball screen defense. I, Coleman's got to get better. Yep. Uh, I know part of it is maybe some coaching with just having different coverages that you can throw at people to keep them off balance. Uh, I thought Coleman was way too deep in his drop against Bowie. So I at least want to bring that up. It's not like Coleman's just thriving in, in ball screen, five coverage, and, and Dane stinks. But uh, it is offensively, too, the spacing. And we were looking it up. I showed you at – I think it was at – is that Northwestern? All the lineup combos. Uh, oh, I was looking gosh. at the Evan Maya – lineup combos and the worst two player pairings of Illinois this season. And you look at adjusted offensive efficiency, the worst ones, Dane's in it, Dane's in it, Dane's in it, Dane is in it, Dane is in it. Like he's in all of those, like through the first six or whatnot. So the numbers uh, say don't play him very much. The numbers say that. So there you have it.
All right, Ohio State on Tuesday, uh, very disappointing season. Chris Holtman's on uh, as hot of a seat as there probably is in the Big Ten. They've lost four of their last five, Derek, uh, including a home game against Wisconsin, uh, 71 to 60. They did beat Penn State uh, earlier this week. They got Northwestern today. Got to go get a road win. If you want to stay in this Big Ten race, you got to go get one. But this is a team with talent. Uh, but it's really a disappointing season so far. Roddy Gale's not shooting it very well. I like Bruce Thornton. He's a tough guard. I'm, I'm worried about that matchup a little bit. Felix Oxpara is not a, a great offensive player, but makes an impact at the rim. So a concern for a team that is struggling at the rim. And Jamison Battle is shooting 45% from three, and we know he can go off. So I think he is really important to shut down. But uh, what's the key for you in this game? Yeah, I think that just being able to pick up that defensive intensity. Uh, we've seen Jamison battle what he can do, and he's a, he's a bucket getter. Bruce Thornton's good operating ball screens and getting downhill, and he's a he's a thick physical guard that can can go to the basket and, and take some contact. Uh, they have had some stretches where they've been ugly offensively, like going back and watching their game against Indiana and Bloomington. They they really dried up uh, with what they were doing. They are a different team away from home it seems like they haven't played all that well i wonder how they'll fare today in evanston um unless no, nobody wins there except for chicago state apparently yeah unless there's a hangover uh involved in that but uh as far as illinois goes this is a this is still a quad one game this is a quad one game on the road probably the easiest quad one you have left i know I that forgot about that <laughs> as of right now iowa still is one as well but did they lose or losing at Michigan? I, I didn't see how that they were. They, they are beating Michigan right now, 82 to 70. They were down at okay. halftime, but they've, they've dominated in the second half. Wow. This is, yeah, go get this one. I don't know if it's going to hold up as a quad one, but yeah, this is, this is about as easy as it gets on that quad one resume. Right. Remaining quad ones as of now at Ohio State, at Michigan State, at Wisconsin, Purdue at home, at Iowa. So Ohio State, as of right now, 57th in the net. You got to be top 75 for a road game. So uh, pretty solidly a, a quad one as of right now. It, this is one that you could really use because you're still only sitting there with two quad one wins at this point. Yeah. Yeah, go win this one. Uh, let's see Terrence Shannon get going. I think that's got to be a key for for Brad and the staff, get him going maybe a little bit early uh, in, yep. in this game. But – you want to see him be aggressive because, I mean, just remember what Missouri Terrence Shannon was. Like, that looked like the second-best player in the country. Uh, and I understand everything that they've gone through, but they need to start getting that guy back on the court. It's difficult on the road, but Value City Arena is not the toughest environment on the road, especially no. when they're not really into foot, uh, basketball uh, as it is, and it's a kind of a cavernous arena. Um, so you'd like to get him going early, but I, I, I agree. I think it's the defensive bite. That's, that's kind of why I want to see it. Any final thoughts, Derek, before we get out of here? Uh, funny by Crimson Alana is at the bottlenose dolphin I hear in the background. I know that's the, uh, the, <laughs> this is the loudest State Farm Center has been after. <laughs> they do not give a crap about our podcast going no. on here. Just cans getting thrown everywhere. <laughs> Banshees in the background. So, so thank you to everybody for dealing with that. This is what we have to deal with today. You know, the, the people who got to work got to want to get home and enjoy the rest oh, yeah, of their Saturday yeah. night. So uh, that's right. Just you know, like Joey Wagner. Just like Joey. Yeah. No uh, predictions for championship Sunday. Who you got? Mm. Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, uh, 49ers. I'm, I'm going chalk. I'm taking the Ravens and the Niners. 
I think the defense, the Ravens defense, holds down Mahomes enough. I think we'll see the receiver receiver position be an issue again for KC. You are you are making the smart call. I will go with the 49ers. I think they bounce back. I, I think the Lions are great. I love that story. I'll probably be rooting for them. Um even as a Bears fan, but I'm gonna go with the Chiefs because it's Pat Mahomes. I just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give him the edge. The Ravens look like a legendary defense and they got the MVP, unanimous MVP, but I just can't go against Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. The playoff resume, man. We were like talking about on the radio. I think in postseason games, he's 38 touchdowns, seven picks. And like 13 and three, Lamar is five touchdowns, five picks. So he's that's insane. He's still got to prove himself. I agree. It's big more pressure on Lamar Jackson tomorrow than Pat Mahomes. That is for sure. Uh, also, football gets a commitment from three-star quarterback Carson Boyd. Joy and I will do a podcast. Great get uh, for them to to get a kid out of St. Louis who's a dynamic talent. I love what Barry Lunny's doing in that quarterback room with him. Trey Petty, Luke Altmaier, Donovan Leary. Uh, I think they're really building up a, a strong quarterback room. Attrition can always happen with that position, but uh, that's a good ad. And they had a great group of visitors here. Uh, we'll have plenty of follow-up. Uh, Joey Wagner and I caught up with a bunch of them, um, and uh, they could have another uh, commitment here very shortly. So stay tuned to Illini Inquirer for all of that. Thanks to everybody for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. If you watched on our live YouTube channel, more than 300 at one point, we appreciate you guys. Hit the like button, subscribe to us, notifications bell as well. And if you're listening on the pod audio only, give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcasts. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply